that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to the Italian American Podcast. I'm John Viola, and I am spending today with my best buddy, my partner in crime, the Italian American Wikipedia, Pat O'Boyle, on a topic that I am very excited to share with everybody because it combines many of the things that I love. One of them is the height of Italian American cool and the Rat Pack aesthetic of the 1950s and 60s and one of its founding members and the commitment to Italian-American public spaces and memorials, which is a big deal. That's a mouthful, John. It's it's true, though, right? I mean, that's... You got a lot... You're covering a lot of ground there. I know, but nothing excites me. You know me, right? Like, we get on the road constantly for greetings from Italian-America. You know, we get on the road even if we don't have a camera with us. I mean, we got back from Arkansas, and you went to a feast that night, and then you went to L.A., and then... You went to Boston. I mean, this is what we do. And yeah, but I love it. You know, you yeah. know what I keep getting? I keep getting more and more listeners reach out to me. Yeah. I love talking to listeners. I know you do. I love it. I know you do. You are the greatest people. Can I just tell you something? And I'm not blowing you sunshine. I tell John constantly, and John, deny this if um if you think I'm lying. We have the greatest listenership of any media in the world. And I really believe that. I have never met a listener that was not a fantastic person. No, you've had such great experiences. We have the gold standard of listeners, and I can't tell you how happy I am when I hear from people and talk to people and meet people. You are the most wonderful people, and I, I we're so lucky. I tell John, we won the lottery of listenership. Yeah, we did. We definitely did. This has been, I mean, from the moment that we came on with Dolores and Anthony and then Rosella and everything we've done, it's just been such a great growth. And, you know, I love hearing from people, and I love learning these stories. And I, for me, when we travel, I'm always fascinated by not just what's always been of Italian America, the things that we find that are long lasting, but also where new efforts are being made to expose Italian American history and to memorialize the places that have meant so much to our people and our experience here. So like when we were in Cleveland last year for the ISDA convention, we got to be present at the unveiling of a statue to Rocky Calavita, the Cleveland Indian star or Cleveland Guardians now of Italian-American heritage in Cleveland's Little Italy, which is experiencing such an amazing boom with its new museum and so much effort going on there. And it's a great Little Italy to begin with. But that brings me to today's topic, which makes me so excited because today we have a guest on who is leading the effort to memorialize someone that I think actually, although he's universally known and beloved, oftentimes gets a little bit overlooked, um, particularly in his Italian-American contributions, um, and I'm talking about the one and only Dean Martin, who all of us are not only fans of, but uh, great admirers of for his efforts and energies around the Italian-American community over his life. And today's guest, Gerald Ravazio, is actually leading an effort to memorialize Dean Martin in his hometown of Steubenville, Ohio. And it's uh, an effort that I think not only are we excited to become a part of, but also, like you say, Pat, this amazing audience that always answers our clarion call to help our community, I think they're going to be really enthusiastic about getting involved to see this come to fruition too. So Gerald, welcome to the Italian American podcast. Thanks for being here. And uh, we're really happy to have you. Thanks for having me guys. It's an honor. And you and I were talking a little bit before we turned on the mics. I assumed through our show notes from Stephanie that you were in Steubenville, Ohio and a resident there, but no, you're in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This is correct. Yes. And you grew up there? 
No, I grew up in Steubenville, Ohio. I'm originally from Steubenville, and uh, I moved down here in Baton Rouge originally in 1976, then out to Vegas and back to Baton Rouge in 84, and I've been here since. I love Ohio. That's the place to be. Why did you leave Ohio? Uh, I do, too. I mean, and I love my hometown, but uh, the hometown I was in is not the same hometown it is now due to the uh, closing of the steel mills and the economic uh, situation. Uh, There was nothing there for young people. So I decided to forge ahead and make my uh, oats somewhere else. You know, I I often think that maybe I'm wrong. I'm no political, international, political, economic expert, but... I wonder if any other country in the world would allow areas to de- to um, disintegrate the way that the United States allowed the Rust Belt to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, okay, we don't need you anymore. Now yeah. die. Absolutely. And that's the thing that killed Steubenville. It was a steel mill town. And at one time in its height, it was 44,000 people. Now it's down to around 16,000 people. Santa, 16,000 people in Steubenville? Yeah, and I go home a couple times a year, but it it saddens me because every time I go home, uh, another house is torn down, another building has been closed. Downtown is uh, almost a ghost town now, and, you know, it's just, it saddens me every time I go home. So right now, Steubenville, we're trying to reinvent ourselves by uh, trying to get tourism to come in because it's, the steel mills are no longer there and the casinos are no longer there in Steubenville. Tell us a little bit about what Steubenville was like when you were growing up and what the Italian population there was like. Was it a significant portion of the community? Yes, Steubenville was a predominantly Italian-American city, and it still is. But we had all all other uh, nationalities there, too, Jewish, Greek, uh, African-Americans, Irish, Polish, but predominantly Italian-American, and it still is to this day. Steubenville at one time was the biggest little city in America. It was uh, it was Las Vegas before there was Las Vegas. And a lot of the things in Steubenville were illegal, but they had casinos, nightclubs, brothels, bootlegging. The mob was present in Steubenville, but it was uh, it was Las Vegas before Las Vegas. And when Las Vegas opened, they recruited people from Steubenville to be their casino managers, to be their pit bosses and to be the dealers in, cas- in casinos. So um, it was a it was a tough town. You you tell me this about Steubenville. I'm surprised the place ain't expanding. <laughs> I know. True. I mean, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so Steubenville had legalized casinos before Las Vegas. No, the casinos were not legal. They wow. were all backroom casinos like uh, the spot bar or Dixie cigar store. You would go in and it'd be a cigar store. But you go in through this room and then it would open up into a full blown casino. Cow. Yeah, it was all illegal. And that's how Dino, he started out there and he was a he was a dealer at, at some of these casinos. Get out of town. That's an, I had no idea about any of that. Yeah. So the whole Las Vegas Rat Pack, you know, when you learn about Frank Sinatra's life history, right? You know, he, he was sort of a uh, I don't want to say spoiled, but coddled only child, very protected, very sort of kept aloof of everything. Yeah, he was a knock around guy, but a lot of people say it was kind of an act that he put on and it grew with his fame. And uh, Sammy Davis Jr. comes from a long line of a very famous African-American performing family from vaudeville. So he was a, a performer above anything else. But Dean Martin had the sort of knock around guy credentials, didn't he? Absolutely. He was uh, 
he spoke broken English at the best when he was young, but uh, he went through a lot of bullying when he was younger and a lot of street fights. He, he grew up fighting and eventually he was an amateur boxer, you know, went through that through a period of boxing and uh, he knew how to defend himself. He had to in Steubenville. Uh, it was just a tough town, a steel mill town, and uh, you had to learn how to defend yourself. So his family came from northern Italy, from, well, as I understand it, his father immigrated from Pescara, but uh, his mother's family all came from Bergamo in northern Italy. I, I didn't know that. Is there a, do you have a sense of what the population of Steubenville was in terms of where people came from in Italy? Uh, they they came from all over. The ironic thing is uh, my grandparents came from Bergamo, Italy also, you know, so we got a little bit of a connection right there. But people were from all different parts of uh, Italy. When they um, came from Italy, they went to Ellis Island. But if you were came from Sicily, you went to New Orleans. So Thunville had people from all different regions of Italy. That's really amazing to me. What, and obviously everybody came to work in the steel mills, right? That was the, the big lore. The steel mills and the, uh, the casinos and uh, the nightclubs and stuff. Uh, you know, Steubenville was a 24-7 town. It was People would come all over from the United States to go to Steubenville. His nickname was Little Chicago <laughs> because of all the vice and all the, the bootlegging and the, the mob influence. It was it was a tough time. I give, it sounds like a fun place. The more you talk about oh, it, it was a great <laughs> I just can't understand how all this decline happened. It, it yeah. was a great town. I mean, vice just keeps expanding. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the economy, like, I can't understand like. All right, steel mills went under, but Vice is like, you know, a happening industry now. I agree with you totally. I just, I think you guys didn't double down on the Vice. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Now I know why you went to New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> you went from one Vitsiusa city to another. I had to. And then, right, and then oh, this place feels like home. Now I understand. And then in between, I went to Las Vegas. You know, I had to go to these thin cities. Wow, the Holy Trinity. Positive. Wow. But John, just for the record, Pescada is Southern Italy. Yeah, yeah, Pescada is, yeah. But he had half his family from Bergamo. Yeah. Right, he was 50-50, but Pescada. Yeah. Like, you know, my, you know, there is no Central Italy. Yes, that's right. Abruzzo is, is Southern Italy, for Brav, sure. I Brav. say that as somebody who married. And, and you know, we, we, I forget to point out, not only his roots, but, you know, obviously Dean Martin is his stage name. His real name is Dino Paul Crocetti. And uh, I found it fascinating that you mentioned that he didn't speak English when he was a kid. He grew up speaking Italian. Yes, that's amazing to me. Yeah. And he was bullied in that at school. And uh, he got to the point where he dropped out in the 10th grade because he figured he was smarter than the teachers and he could make more money illegally than he could uh, with a regular paying job. So he started out on the streets pretty early in life. And is it true that, that they say that one of the facts I learned about him many, many years ago, was I guess now it makes sense. You say he was a boxer. Most boxers get uh, left with. Very unique noses. I was a wrestler in high school. My nose is broken twice and uh, I can only use one nostril. So I get that. But I understand when he started his career, it was another Italian-American, Lou Costello from Patterson, New Jersey, of the Abbott and Costello fame, who actually gave him the money to get his nose job to fix his nose. That is true. That is true. And back then, you know, plastic surgery wasn't a big thing. And you can never tell that he had a nose job, you know until you saw some pictures of him when he was earlier, when he was younger, you know, his nose was a little bit more pronounced, but uh, he was a good looking guy with a charismatic personality. He had the, one of the things that made him the king of cool is he, he didn't care what people thought about him. You know, if, if you liked him, you liked him. If you didn't, that's your problem. And he just went on and 
took care of his life and himself and his family. Now, does he still have relatives in Steubenville? Uh, to my knowledge, no. no, no immediate family. He might have some cousins, but he still has friends, childhood friends that he grew up with. Uh, to my knowledge, they're, they're in their 90s, but uh, some of them are still alive. Wow. And they still talk about him. Uh, what do they say when you talk to them? Like, what's their... Oh, well, Steubenville is really proud of Dino. He put Steubenville on the map. I mean, his stage acts, he would mention Steubenville, his movies, his TV shows. He would always, he, he literally put Steubenville on the map. And uh, people, we respect him a lot. And that's why we want to uh, just honor him by having a statue in Steubenville to, to keep his memory alive. So let's talk a little bit about this effort for the statue and, and to set the tone. You mentioned that Steubenville was a predominantly Italian-American city, and, and it still has a, a relatively healthy Italian population, even though the population has shrunk. Is there still a sort of Italian feel to things? Are there Are there businesses that survive? Is there a community there? Yeah, there's still a lot of Italian businesses, restaurants, uh, stores, you know, that are owned by Italians. Uh, we should go, John. Yeah, I was going to say, Pat, you know what I'm thinking right now, right? Like, I'm, I'm ready to get in. It's only like a half an hour past Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh so yeah. I'm Absolutely. Thinking we can do that drive in a day. Well, we would uh, love to have you guys when we get this statue and we're going to dedicate it. Every year we have a Dean Martin Festival. It's celebrated on the the second week of June. His birthday is June 7th, but we celebrate the Dean Martin Festival uh, the second weekend in June. And when we get this statue uh, made, we're going to dedicate it during the Dean Martin Festival. We'd love to have you guys for that. Uh, Stephanie, I know you can hear us from the booth. Let's put that on the calendar now. I am all about the second week in June at the Dean Martin Festival and exploring Steubenville and hopefully cataloging everything we can for greetings from Italian America. And Gerald, is, is the goal to get this up by next year's festival? Is What's the timeline? Well, we originally were hoping to do it, but we talked that we got a sculpture, a very uh, good sculpture from Zanesville, Ohio. Mr. Alan Cottrell, and he told us, he goes, fundraising, it takes a while. So be prepared to be in this for the long haul. And with Steubenville being in decline and the, the money's not there for people to really donate. We So far, we've raised $5,000. It's going to take us 80000 to pay for the sculpture. Maroni me. <laughs> but are you going to get a piazza? Is it going to be like Piazza Dean Martin? It's a life-size uh, bronze statue. And uh, we're in the process of selecting his pose now. We got the pose, but we haven't picked the, uh, the face, the, the expression on his face yet. But uh, it's Dino standing with a microphone in his hand and his right hand is out like he's in the process of singing. So, But is the city going to help you out or the county? Are they going to give you like a piece of land for Dean Martin Park? Yeah, we, ha- we have this historic Fort Steuben. And we're going to put the uh, statue inside the historic Fort Steuben because it has uh, security on it, has security cameras, and it's a safe place to erect the statue. That's really exciting. And that's open to the public for people to come in? and Yes, it's open to the public. The historic Fort Steuben was the first federal land office in the United States. So uh, Steubenville has changed its, instead of the Stillman, now we're trying to reinvent ourselves through tourism. So we got the historic Fort Steuben. We also got the, uh, it's called the City of Murals now. We got over 
between 30 and 50 murals. I don't know exactly, but we got murals painted on buildings throughout the downtown area, throughout Steubenville itself. And also we got the Nutcracker Village with the Nelson's family. They make life-size nutcrackers and they have over 180 of them. Through the holidays, they put them throughout downtown area and people come and uh, visit that. So we're trying to reinvent ourselves through tourism. And we're hoping this Dean Martin statue would help us even more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's so interesting to me that these portions of the country where our communities have gone and, and have been for such a long time, and we are fresh off the heels as our episode aired uh, just recently on our time in Tontytown, Arkansas. And, you know, we were spending uh, the weekend with a community that's been there for 130 years, whatever it is. And I get very excited about the opportunity to reveal these different versions of Italian America to our audience, both through the podcast and through video series greetings from italian america on youtube i think of a place like steubenville as this wonderfully uncovered nugget of italian america and i hope that the audience is excited to get involved and i, I know we're excited to get involved in the effort uh, around the statue so you guys started a committee for the statue yeah it's independent nonprofit. It has nothing to do with the the city itself right absolutely uh i'm the chairman of the committee we have a the mayor of Steubenville is on a committee. The director of the Fort Steuben is on a committee. We have Rose Angelica. She was one of the people who started the Dean Martin Festival back in 1995, I believe. And uh, she's good friends with Dino's daughter, Dina Martin. And uh, we have friends, uh, Floor Marin Verstratton, who uh, is the director of the Beatty Park area and some uh, personal business owners who were on our uh, committee and we're all volunteers. We're just trying to do whatever we can to help Steubenville just to reinvent itself and to come out through these hard times. Now, is that Samore? Is that like your anthem, your national Steubenville anthem? Uh, it's Volare. And I, I got a funny story about that. The way this whole thing started is uh, early January, my church in Baton Rouge, we had uh, started the New Year off in prayer. And it was our last night in prayer. And I was praying from my hometown. And while I was praying in my spirit and in my heart comes build the Dean Martin statue. I know it sounds strange, but it's true. That's how movies start. Yeah. That's the opening scene. You're praying. <laughs> you God go. says, build the Dean Martin statue. So I, I said, God, if this is you, I need confirmation. So I leave church. I get in my car, start up the car, turn on the radio and Valari comes on, you know? What are the odds of that? Yeah. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm making breakfast and I, I uh, said to Alexa, I said, Alexa, play a time music and Volari comes on again, you know? So it's, it's like, okay, God, that's my confirmation. And that's when I called my friend, uh, Jojo D'Albert, who's the owner of the spot bar. And I told him what I wanted to do and asked for his guidance. And he told me what you need to do is call Rose Angelica, who is the the one who started the Dean Martin festival. So I called her up and then I called my friend, uh, 
Vera and she knew all the contacts to the mayor and everybody. And that's, that's how the committee got started, but it all happens. It all started to meet Brian. Isn't that amazing? Now, following up on God and good things, was Dean Martin generous to the people that stayed behind? Yeah, see, and a lot of people don't know the good things that Dino did because he did it without anybody knowing. But when they first started the Ohio Valley Hospital, he personally paid for equipment for the hospital for different wings. And uh, he paid for it and donated it. But his stipulation was no one was to know. And uh, Steubenville Central was a, a high school in Steubenville. Him and Frank Sinatra uh, got together and they brought band uniforms for the band, you know, and they donated them, but they didn't want anybody to know. And those are just a couple of things. But Dino did a lot of stuff for a lot of organizations back home, but it was all behind the scenes. And a lot of people don't know it, but a lot of people who know Dino do. You mentioned his daughter, Dina, who is a performer herself and a, and a very talented performer. And I got to know her and her husband, John, while I was at NIAF and were great supporters. They came out. She was always super supportive, more than willing to you know, come out and do a show and be part of our events and stuff like that. And you said that she's involved with this. So the, the family participates in the, the festival and, and uh, in town and all of these events and things. Yeah, they have come to Steubenville in the past. In fact, uh, my daughter, Italia, who's 21 right now, when she was one year old, uh, I have a picture with Dina and uh, my wife, Hermanice, and my daughter, Italia. We took a picture with her. She used to come every year, but now she's kind of busy. She hasn't. And, and the Dean Martin uh, Festival isn't as big as it used to be. It used to draw people from all over the world. We'd have people from from Italy come from uh Australia from Canada and it it used to be a very big thing but now it's not as big as it used to be so uh, and Deanna hasn't come in the last few years but we're hoping that she and her family will come when we uh, rededicate the statue. Do you have a reason that you can kind of theorize as to why the festival is smaller than it was? Uh one thing is Rose Angelica moved out of town and she was the one that spearheaded everything. She had a lot of great contacts and got a lot of great acts to come in. And the, the mayor, Dominic Mucci at the time was behind it, but I, I can't put my finger on it, but the council itself has not supported it as much as they used to. And so it's not a matter of a lack of interest in the legacy or the, type of performance is more sort of the logistics of and that happens a lot right i mean pat we talk about this all the time there's always that one person who's the hard work and engine behind an event and if they're out of town or no longer with us uh, things can really suffer it's a matter of sort of that where that handoff is you know but i do think that there's uh one of the reasons i'm excited for us to get to know this and and support the project and make the call to not only our audience to support it, but also our network of Italian Americans is I think there are some people out there that are from different parts of the country that would be really good additions to these kind of efforts and, and willing to help. I'm thinking of Ronnie Onesti from Chicago who, who does these kind of events and stuff for people that I know in Florida and, you know, it, making this as much an Italian American event as a Steubenville event. I think there's ways to help, you know, that'd be much appreciated because we need all the help we can get. Uh, We've been doing this since uh, January, and we raised a little bit over five thousand right now. And the, with the five thousand, we were able to put a deposit to the sculpture who's making a 
18 inch clay sculpture of the pose that we're going to use and we're going to use that as a, a fundraiser we're going to either raffle it off or auction it off to help raise the money for the the remaining seventy five thousand. Oh well let me tell you let stephanie know the minute that you guys decide if you're auctioning it off i want to paddle and uh that sounds like something i would love to add to my collection of italian americana because uh to me nothing like having the I actually was gifted the model of the memorial to Italian-American immigrants in New Orleans by uh, Judge Russo. Wow. Was given it by the sculptor and he passed it on to me on one of my trips down there. So that's uh, something that means a great deal to me. So let me know. I'll be I'll be the first guy lined up for a paddle at the auction for sure. And uh, I sure will. John loves an auction. I do love an auction. I love I love collecting and I love sculptures. So I uh, that sounds right up my alley. But so now tell me how we're going to link. From our show page for sure the website to support the fundraiser it's through the old fort steubenville website and uh there's there's mechanisms to support online and we're going to certainly have that available on our show page and, and through our social media uh to get the word out there but tell me how people can help otherwise you know what else can be done to sort of bring this to fruition well uh, there's ways where they can either send a check to the historic fort steuben and that is 120 South 3rd Street, Steubenville, Ohio, 43952. Or they can, uh, they can make the checks payable to the old Fort Steuben, Inc. And in the memo, be sure to write the Dean Martin Statue Fund. Or they can go online via PayPal. And you can visit www.oldfortsteuben.com and select Donate. Scroll down and select Dean Martin Statue Fund. We're going to link all that from the show page for sure. So people who are listening to this now, if you're not writing it down, you can visit our show page on our website afterwards, the episode page, and it'll all be on there. Let me ask you a question. So many times we go to different Italian communities around the country and they have a dish, which is not a Italian dish per se, but something that was invented in the area. Right. So um, we were just in Arkansas. They have spaghetti with uh, fried chicken. You know, New Jersey has the Italian hot dog. You know, Brooklyn takes ownership of the rainbow cookie. You know, is there some Italian American dish that you can only find in Steubenville? Uh, I would say the what they they have is uh, two things. One, it's pizza on the square. The uh, Carlos pizza. It's they. Their pizza, they don't put the pepperoni and cheese on it until it comes out of the oven and they put it in a box and then they put the cheese and pepperoni on it because Mr. DiCarlo's, his philosophy was you cook the flavor out of the cheese and, and pepperoni when you have it in the oven. So he puts it on the pizza at that time and then puts the box over it and the heat that's generated melts the cheese and pepperoni. And uh, our pizza, you can tell the distinction of it when you bite it because you hear a crunch. Uh, another thing we have is a meat sauce hill. It's about a half a loaf of Italian bread. You know how big Italian bread is. They dig out the center of it and they put in cheese, meat sauce and meatballs and more sauce. And then they put the bread that was dug out of it on top of it. And uh, it's called a meat sauce hill or a meat sauce center. See, John, because that's what we're starting to realize that all these little Italian communities have these little dishes, these little secret dishes that are their comfort food and something that evolved there. But that's a very old Italian. Um, I know in the Chilento, when they would put 
when they would take the bread dough, because pizza was made on bread baking day, right? So you would take some of the bread from bread making, some of the dough rather from bread making. You'd put it out on a square, like a baking tin. You'd oil it a little bit so it got crispy on the bottom. They would put the tomato sauce on the top and they would bake it, but they wouldn't put the cheese on until it came out. And when they did, it was grated cheese. You know, so many of these places, when you see these identity type dishes, even if they're tweaked in the new world, there's always you can see the roots from Italy. Yeah. How do you how would you spell this saucile? This is very interesting to me. Oh, a meat sauce hill. Oh, sauce hill. Yeah. Hill is the the hill, the end of the bread, the hill of the bread. Oh, heel. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. Meat sauce heel. That's so cool. Oh, you can have the meat sauce center if you didn't want the heel. You know, you they would cut the center of it. And it's about nine inches long, eight, nine inches long. It's it's huge. See, this is like right on our list now. So, okay, we're going to go for the festival. Now we got to eat. We have two dishes we have to eat. And this is why I love these kind of episodes because we're learning so much about the different versions of what's out there in Italian America. This is, to me, what I enjoy spending my life and time doing is, <laughs> you know, searching out dishes like this and festivals and stuff. So this is great. I, I think there's going to be a lot for us to explore out there. Now, do you, do you come back to town for the festival? Yes, I do. I, I come back uh, and I came back last year with help with the fundraisers. And uh, I come back a couple of times a year. I mean, that's my hometown. We got a saying, you can take the bull out of the ville, but you can't take the ville out of the boy. And, uh, you know, I, I just I'm drawn to my hometown. I love my hometown and I'm doing whatever I can to help. So when does everybody come back? Like when when is old timers day or like homecoming? <laughs> is that the Dean Martin uh, Festival? Is that when you guys? Oh, I'm yeah. going to come back for the Dean Martin Festival. Is that how it works? It's the Dean Martin Festival, and then we have a homecoming weekend for the high schools. You know, a lot of people they have their class reunions during this time, so so a lot of people will come back, and that's normally in September. But uh, the Dean Martin Festival and the homecoming weekend is, are the two times that a lot of people from out of town come back home. Is there a historic feast in town, like a saint feast or anything like that? Not to my knowledge. I mean, it, there had to be at one point. Where, where, besides Bergamo and Pescata, where, did it, where were the other Italians from that were in Steubenville? What are the parts of Italy? Uh, Abruzzi, they, they come from all different regions. Back home, we didn't really categorize you know i'm from this region i'm from this region we were all italians you know and that's all that mattered that's refreshing yes it is it's because in new york and new jersey that was not the case it speaks to your love of ohio the nicest place in america <laughs> yeah nice people that's why i say there's a very abruzzes malizana people are very they're no trouble <laughs> pat always says if he has to find a place to escape to from new jersey ohio is his number one destination because oh, well, everybody's happy it's a, it's a direct pole opposite. New Jersey, everybody's angry. <laughs> I, I, you don't know why. There's a cloud of uh, discontentment, crankiness. I don't know if the word is discontentment, crankiness. That's why Ohio keeps a low profile, especially the Italians, because you're no trouble. I just feel that there's a lot of Italians in Ohio. There are. There are a lot of Italians. Yeah. But there are many Ohios. I never realized how big Ohio. I mean, it's just huge. You could put multiple New Jerseys in Ohio. <laughs> Summer's here in full swing, and we want to know how you Italian-American for the season. The Italian-American podcast is partnering with Mediaset Italia for an exciting giveaway. Just snap a pic of your most Italian-American moment this summer, post it to Instagram, and you could win an exclusive Mediaset Italia picnic pack. The picnic pack includes a portable blanket, picnic basket, 
cheese board, plates, utensils, stackable wine goblets, and a wine opener. Everything you need for an aperitivo picnic under the sun. How do you get your chance to win? It's easy. Just capture what Italian summer means to you and post your picture to Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Italian American and at Mediaset Italia USA. Then tag both accounts in your post. Don't forget to use the hashtag iHeartMediasetItalia so we can find it. Post your pictures between now and September 21st, and we'll pick 20 lucky listeners to receive their picnic pack in the mail. Open to residents of the continental United States? Visit Instagram at MediasetItalia for more information, terms, and conditions. You know what else I think you guys have that I never heard is... You call it a cassata cake, but it's not a real Sicilian cassata. It's kind of a like whipped cream and stuff like that. That's popular, I think, because I think that like Buffalo and Cleveland, there's like um, there's a Great Lakes common culture. But I would add that we should we should start to catalog eating through Italian America. Here goes somebody's going to take this book. You're welcome. Well, we've done much of it. I mean, and but the cassata, the cassata cake, we eat that in my Sicilian family in Brooklyn. Yeah, but it's you not, cassata, the cassata cake, cake in, you never did the cassata cake in Ohio, did you? I did. It's a different animal. It's, they call it cassata, but there's like strawberries and stuff like that. It's not. A yes, real... yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's we, we do a whipped cream frosting, too. I mean, this is, you know. Yeah, but you know, the most un-Sicilian, you know, you go, you have these bouts. I mean, you are Sicilian, right? But you, you, you dip in and out of it. Right, but your hatred for cassata is very bizarre for someone who's so Sicilian. <laughs> it's not a, I it's love not a Nick hatred. Fidelli and I, my compadre Nick Fidelli and I, we love. I love cassata. I don't have a big sweet tooth. It's like everything I love all gets together. It's like a party of all my desires: the pan de spagna, the chocolate chips, the rigot, that that uh, un aspra that the frosting they put on top. I my dessert, like my uh, this is like a, not a popular Italian American opinion. My top dessert, I think will always be pasta chota because it's not overly sweet. I like like a nice custard. It, it's got, you know, a, a crumbly, what do you call shortbread uh, shell. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff I like for sweets. I'm like a more kind of like a boring breakfast food sweets. When you get into all that sugar and the icing and the, uh, candied fruit like my oh, mother oh the candied fruit's oh. the best part oh that's just like eating a sugar eat a ball of sugar yeah. just put a sugar ball from a, a coffee in your mouth <laughs> you know what you, you know oh the tarons you guys ever have the tarons oh taron taron yes i love taron i love do you know my brother wanted to be a taron guy <laughs> one one um halloween when he was a kid <laughs> i swear <laughs> my life because he used to have the truck Remember, they used to have the truck with the box of throne and the guy would get the chisel in there. I mean, the truck still comes, but I never see I don't see that chisel and hammer anymore. So you have the big block of throne. Then you'd, he'd break you a piece of throne and he'd weigh it, you pay for it. Then I'd, I used to go home with my grandma. I would wrap it up in like a like a Ziploc plastic bag. And then I put a dish towel over it and then I would break it with a hammer. And my brother wanted to have like, you know, those 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 hats you like, John, those little cap. He wanted to be the Tyrone man. That's <laughs> Did you have a Tyrone man in Steubenville? No, no. We bought them. They were in little boxes. Yeah, I know. I know you're talking about. My father had a grocery store, so he, you know, all through Christmas time, he would sell the boxes of Tyrone's, the different flavors. And uh, there was a sample box, too. I used to like Tyrone. They used to sell it also at the feast. So it was Christmas time. And then when they had the feast, you'd have the guy with the Tyrone truck. We still do it at San Gennaro. I mean, Vinny, Vinny's Nuthouse, he, he unfortunately passed. A bonanima Vinny's Nuthouse. Yeah, he was a special addition. But yeah, you, the company's still there. They still chop it off the block. But Tyrone has gotten soft over the years. Yeah, 
the old jawbreaker Tyrone. Yeah, it's they less would and less. Yeah, it's good. People, people <laughs> kind of wimping out with Tyrone. They got these <laughs> soft Mushada Tyrone now. I mean, I like I like Mushada Tyrone. I and I also, but I like hard Tyrone too. And it used to, it used to because like New Jersey is so humid, it would stick in your teeth. So you'd be chewing on it after you broke it, and it'd be all like stuck in your teeth. Yeah. But I love the taste of Tyrone. Isn't this sick? It all goes back to food with us. We start talking about a Dean Martin statue. Now we're talking about Tyrone and pizza. Like every Italian conversation circles back. That's who we are. Well, I, I learned I learned from Gerald that before we got on the mic and Pat, before you jumped on, speaking of our incomparable dedication to food, Gerald, you, you and your brother have an Italian American food business that I mean you your your normal day job is as a designer, but your passion piece, I guess, is you guys have a Italian American culinary business as well, right? Yes, we have an Italian ice business. Ravazio's Italian ice. And uh, we make our ice, our Italian ice from scratch. We have uh, several different flavors. And uh, we turned uh, Louisiana onto Italian ice. Nobody knew what it was until we- Are you we, kidding me? We can't, no, sir. They didn't know what it was. How is that possible? They're like, they're like a hot, humid place. You could eat it there all year long. <laughs> yeah. Well, in New Orleans, they had a place that sold Italian ice. But in general, nobody knew what it was. We would go to fairs and festivals and we'd have to give out free samples in order to get people to try it. We were like carnival barkers. Hey, come here. Can get a free taste of Italian ice? Wow. You know, because they didn't know what it was and they would walk right by us. But once they tasted it, they were hooked. What flavors you guys make? We got um, strawberry lemonade. We got the original lemon. We got uh, chocolate fudsicle. We got blue raspberry, cherry rainbow and uh green apple you can't beat lemon oh that's the yeah, can't i would i would live in a world where that would be the only and but like it's i don't want to say it's a dying breed but now people have to have these complicated what's that stone cold thing with eight thousand flavors and yeah all kinds of little tiny marshmallows like the beauty of a lemon ice is underappreciated in today's world yeah absolutely it's natural it's beautiful when I was first experimenting with my flavors, I, I was talking to my brother. I said, Louie, what would it be like if we mixed 151 rum in this? So he went to, went to the store and come back with a fifth of 151. And uh, I made a batch of it with the lemon ice with the 151 rum in it. And when it came out, I mean, we had people from other offices were coming over and trying it. It was, <laughs> it was really good. It was surprisingly good. <laughs> Because the rum, the rum keeps it from over freezing. Well, yeah, because alcohol won't freeze. So it just blends in with the consistency of the Italian ice, you know, and uh, oh, it was it was magnificent. You know, it's interesting that you think that you had to introduce it to Louisiana, which is so predominantly Sicilian because Sicily's got such a I mean, it's different, right? It's not Italian ice, it's granita. So it's shaved ice with a pour over and stuff like that. But it's got such a rich history and ice cream and all these frozen treats. It's amazing to think you're out there. But you got, you know, evangelizing. I, I would imagine too. Yeah. That the Sicilian community is so old in New Orleans. Yeah. That at that time, the only way you had ice was ice was kept in mountains. So when it would get cold, how, how lemon ice came about was in the winter when it snowed in Italy, in the mountains, they would dig these very, very, very deep pits, basically. And they would line the pits with straw and they would pack snow put a little more straw, pack snow, put a little more straw, and they would go up in the summer, not basically the way the Romans did, and take the, the snow down, the ice. So at that time, the only people that had lemon ice were people with money. 
It's very true. So you probably had these Sicilians that worked for people that had lemon ice, but never had it themselves. That's so interesting to think of, especially in Sicily, because Sicily is such a warm, you know, it's 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 warm. It's hot. Yeah. So yeah. it's probably even harder to keep ice. I really wonder how many people had lemon ice before refrigeration. That's a great conversation. Like, I wonder if an immigrant in 1900 would have even have tasted it. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about it. You don't really think about that, you know? I mean, think about people who had meat a handful of times a year and had sugar a handful of times a year. A lemon ice was probably a luxury yeah. that was so far out of their realm of possibilities. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'll tell you what, it's a big staple of Italian-American life. And, you know, everywhere we go, you always see it available either in bakeries or in standalone establishments that are there solely for ice. And look at what like some of these national brands have done and, and gone around the country. You get it in your grocery freezer in so many places i mean i italian ice to me it's up there on the list of sort of uh, oh i just thought of this have you thought of naming a flavor after dean martin we we do all of our flavors are named after um people from steubenville our chocolate is called crosetti's chocolate wow named after dino crosetti how cool is that yeah every every one of our flavors are our wild cherry is named after rob parisi who was the uh the group uh, play that funky music, white boy, wild cherry, the group wild cherry. He's from Steubenville, Ohio. That was an Italian guy. Yeah. Rob Parisi. How do you like that? Did you ever get to meet Dean Martin? No, never had the pleasure. When I lived out in Vegas, I lived right behind the MGM grand and uh, Dino would perform there. And uh, at that time I was kind of wild, you know, it was, I'd rather be out partying than. I mean, I'm not surprised if you told me about Steubenville. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> he's still around. <laughs> My liver is. I mean, you kind of got. I guess you got training from an early age. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the way of the world in Steubenville. You grew up gambling. I was like uh, 20 years old before I found out gambling was illegal. I didn't know that until <laughs> I left Steubenville. That's amazing to think about, really. Yeah, when I was in grade school. Uh, they had parlays for f- grade school football. You can bet on grade school football games in Steubenville. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's the truth. Wow. How come we never knew about this? I know. We're missing Why am a I, whole lot of I never even knew. I never even real. I mean, I knew his father. Didn't his father have a pool hall or some sort of institution? Like that? No, his father was a barber. Dino's father was, was a, a barber. barber. Yeah. I got another Italian question before John wraps up. Because some Italians, you know how they just love what they do? Did his father keep cutting hair even after his son was a big star? Uh, I would say, yeah, but I don't know for sure. I know after a while, Dino moved them out to uh, California. But while he was in Steubenville, he still cut hair because, you know, the old school Italians, that's what they did. You know, you, you worked. It was a part of the way of life. Think about Joe DiMaggio's parents. They were going out on a fishing boat every day rain or shine even though he was the most famous athlete in america and 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 three of their sons were successful i mean and they wow yeah that's what they that's what they do and then of course nothing more italian than when you do leave you just bring your family with you right we go in caravan yeah. so yeah <laughs> i think about when my aunt moved to the suburbs and then uh, a year later we moved and then we drove back to my grandparents in brooklyn every weekend every weekend religiously until we finally i think five years later they came out and uh my uncles and my cousins, and we just move in. We move in packs. Can I do an action item? Yeah. Go out and buy Tyrone. 
Because <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, because <laughs> as I talk to people more and more, I realize people had different experiences. If you never had Italian Tyrone, go buy Tyrone, buy soft Tyrone, hard Tyrone. Let's revive Tyrone and get this statue built. And get the statue up. We could do a prototype of the statue in Tyrone as a fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> Another auction. Yeah. Will, so you now you know how, the pose. Now you know how to hook us. You 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 make one in clay for me. I'll put that auction. Yeah, and you make, make a Toronto for me. Yeah, 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 there you go. You got two donations for the I price of one. I love the Toronto. It's a beautiful. I love it too much. That's too much. Uh, <laughs> so we definitely hope that those of you out in the audience will take a moment to visit our show page, visit the website for Old Fort Steubenville, uh, if you can, if you've got it in you, and uh, you want to be a part of this movement here and this effort. Please do consider making a donation. I know we're gonna. And uh, I mean it when I say Stephanie's going to get all the information on next year's festival and we're going to put it on the calendar now with every good intention of coming out there and joining you guys and being a part of hopefully uh, a very successful effort to build this statue in a great little Italy for a great Italian American. So, Gerald, thanks for coming on today. What an amazing effort. And uh, thanks for introducing us to your work and this great town. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And John, what am I taking out right now? Are you taking out your kazoo? My American made one of my two kazoos, my Stradivarius of kazoos. Shall we? Yeah, let me say, from all of us at the Italian American Podcast, looking forward to seeing you in Steubenville next year in June. You'll get to hang out with us, celebrate Dean Martin, meet Gerald, and uh, maybe get a bite of uh, some Tyrone. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode and you're inspired to do your part. We're a great Italian American. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. If you want your life to be great, see that your That was your best to do yet. Should have been Volare. <laughs> That's so true. See that you're born in Italian.